Hey, Philly, are you doom scrolling? Well, cut it out. There's a better way to get your news. Philadelphia's local news podcast is called The John Cast. Check out The John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The global data intelligence company Morning Consult has recently released its State of Automotive and Mobility Report. It looks at trends and consumer thoughts about car buying, public transportation, and more. We wanted to dig into the report, so we caught up with Lisa Whalen. She is Morning Consult's Automotive and Mobility Analyst, and here's that conversation. So this report on the State of Automotive and Mobility, kind of what was the goal? What what are you tracking? We are tracking evolving consumer trends in the automotive and shared mobility sectors and trying to determine what they mean for the future of the industry and then give insights to stakeholders across the value chain of mobility. How often is this done? Is this something you guys are doing quarterly? This is high frequency tracking data. So in the U.S., we have the benefit of tracking over 2,000 consumers on a monthly basis. We also combine that with quarterly interviews for 15 other countries across the globe. So looking at the report, there's a lot of very interesting things. And I guess I'd like to kind of frame this or to start with the last two years, we've had a pandemic, we've had spikes in gas prices. Now we've got a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, What have you learned about how people are looking at the car buying process? Because Uh, All these things kind of have a role in what people are getting as far as their choices, the availability, the prices. Uh, What's kind of a headline here that when it comes to people looking at cars? It's been a very rocky time for the automotive industry on a global scale. Uh, It's been difficult both for automakers as well as consumers. We see the pandemic starting and then just crisis after crisis after crisis, really straining the supply chain in terms of shortages of chips last year. And that led to very few cars on dealer lots. So consumers had low selection. And at the same time, prices were skyrocketed. So it was frustrating for consumers because in in many ways, they had to either put off purchase of the vehicle or settle for a cheaper vehicle or maybe something in a model or a make that wasn't their first or second choice. So it was interesting coming into 2022, the automotive industry was certainly uh, set for recovery. Uh, There was a lot of pent-up demand from a consumer perspective. But yes, you're right. Absolutely. Now with the geopolitical turmoil taking place combined with The headwinds of rising gas prices and inflation um, have set the table for another rocky year in the industry. Have we seen significant changes to how people go about purchasing a vehicle? Uh, I mean, obviously, there was a time there when we, you know, had to be socially distanced and a lot of places were shut down or you couldn't go in them. Did we see things hold from that? Are we seeing things revert back to what we were used to, kind of a hybrid? Uh, What have you learned? Yeah, many consumers were forced to go online with their purchasing for a vehicle. Uh, You saw the real rise of the Carvanas and the Vrooms of the world. Uh, They really ate up market share. And consumers actually found that they liked the online buying experience in many ways. It saves time. It can be more efficient. It can be more pleasant. 
uh, to negotiate price when you're not face to face. So definitely consumers found interest in this. And we do see a permanent trend toward more digitalization in the vehicle purchasing process. Having said that, consumers are getting back to dealerships. We are seeing uh, males in particular leading the way back to dealerships. And when you look at different uh, parts of the purchase journey, there are certain elements that are very difficult to do virtually, such as taking a test drive. Now, certainly technology has developed from a VR, AR perspective that may make this even more seamless in the future. Uh, but test driving is, is definitely a stick, sticking point that consumers prefer to do in person. One of the things that's interesting, we talk about gas prices, and for the last several years, anytime we've had gas prices, it kind of leads right into a talk about uh, electric vehicles. And there seems to be a couple weeks where it's a hot topic, and then the gas prices go down and it kind of goes away. Uh, are we seeing more interest in electric vehicles now? Is this completely gas price related, or is this something that we're finally reaching a point where this is becoming more universal? Because it's interesting. I asked not just for the gas price, but in the last couple of weeks, just anecdotally myself driving around, for the first time, I'm seeing charging stations in a lot of different places, like rest stops. I saw some in a Target parking lot. Like It is becoming much more available, and I would think that that would be something that would kind of accelerate this trend if people felt more comfortable that they were going to be able to charge just about anywhere. There's definitely a mental bar in gas prices that makes consumers react quite uh, volatilely. Uh, you look at about $4 a gallon and above, and then of course in California, $6 a gallon and below and above. It does make consumers hesitate uh, from a vehicle purchasing perspective. We've seen a huge frenzy of activity in terms of electric vehicle shopping online. So you do see this at least short-term heavier interest in electric vehicles. That coupled with very high advertising on the part of automakers as well as rental cars and other providers of the infrastructure of charging for consumers. Uh, it really makes consumers take notice a lot more. Like you say, we're looking around and seeing it more, not only in real life, but also in terms of the advertising and messaging that's coming to us that, oh, the charging infrastructure is developing. It's starting to get much better. Do you anticipate this will be because you mentioned the advertise like it feels like it's past just the gas price spike and people kind of reflexively looking. Do you think we have kind of pushed through where it becomes kind of a novelty that people dabble in for a, a little bit when it comes to consideration and it is now starting to become more mainstream and something that's going to be can continue to become more and more of a player? We definitely see still quite a disconnect between interest in electric vehicles and reality. First of all, from a supply chain perspective, just like it's very difficult to get a vehicle that you want at the price you want, it's also very difficult to find uh, EVs that are available. And the other thing to keep in mind is that the price point on EVs is quite prohibitively high for most consumers. You're pushing $60,000 from an MSRP perspective, and that's like buying an entry luxury car. Most of the, the consumer buying audience is just restricted um, from, from being able to purchase these types of vehicles. Having said that, we do see a lot of uh, excitement when we ask our consumers, how do you feel about an all-electric future with vehicles? 
And for instance, we do find that 21% of adults said that they were excited about an all electric future. But then at the same time, there's quite a few consumers that are more hesitant, more reticent about the idea of electrification in vehicles. For instance, 14% of adults said they were nervous about this future and 14% said that they were anxious. And finally, 11% of consumers actually said that they were sad about the thought of the future. So it's important to keep in mind that people are at many different points along the journey of acceptance to electric vehicles, and the road ahead is is still quite long. You also, in the report, you have a section on autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles, and uh, where is the public on that? I, I feel like that is something in the collective zeitgeist, we're still a long ways away from uh, accepting or looking forward to? What does the data say? Definitely a long way towards complete acceptance of autonomous vehicles. Safety is what sticks out in consumer mindsets. You talk about the short-term volatility with respect to gas prices and vehicles, you know, versus electric versus ICE engines. But when you look at one time an autonomous vehicle test crashes, consumers get very concerned about that. Uh, and they react in a very extreme fashion. So, and we know that safety is right now ranks fourth in terms of, of reasons for purchasing a vehicle. So safety is really important to consumers. And until they can get past that trust factor with the autonomous vehicle technology, there is going to be a long road ahead in terms of getting consumers on board. And I'm curious, is there, like for electric vehicle, I could see even if people can't afford it, there being an audience for it because people want to try to do the right thing for the environment uh, that think it might be easier, might be end up being cheaper in the long haul, you know, without gas and stuff like that. What, what is pushing people? Is there an audience for the idea of the autonomous vehicle? Is it something that people are looking forward to, or it feels like something that's coming from the other end because I'm sure trucking companies would love to not have to pay for labor, stuff like that. Uh, Is there, is that something consumers kind of are are asking for and looking forward to? Yeah, that's a great point when you mentioned, for instance, trucking companies, because we definitely see autonomous becoming much more ubiquitous on the commercial side before really it gets accepted into consumer mindsets. And that will be an important way that consumers can observe what's happening from a commercial and fleet perspective in autonomous and start to further trust the technology that they would use it personally. But there is definitely an audience of consumers that are interested in everything they can do in a vehicle if they don't have to drive it, right? It makes you much more efficient, productive, uh, and or you can rest, you could sleep, you could do many things uh, while in a vehicle without driving it. And when you look at the types of consumers that happen to be more interested in autonomous, they tend to be younger, they tend to be more technologically savvy, early adopters of technology, And it's interesting to watch how the younger generations are very likely to lead the way in terms of autonomous vehicle and technology acceptance. To that point, and I'll jump back to electric vehicles, but with that in mind, do we see a divide with comfort uh, demand for electric vehicle from an age standpoint? Is that similar where the younger generations that maybe skew more towards, you know, being caring about climate change are more interested or is it more universal on that front? Very similar on the electric vehicle front that younger consumers are leading the way with interest. 
They tend to feel much more excited about a fully electrified future. And they tend to say that they're more interested in buying from an automaker that is purely electric in nature if they're going to purchase an EV. And that's in contrast to baby boomers who say, well, if I'm going to purchase an EV, I'd rather purchase it from a traditional automaker who also produces electric vehicles. The report also digs into public transit, uh, and that is something that obviously was hammered during the pandemic uh, from, a, I think, a concern about germs to a people don't go back to the office anymore. People aren't traveling as much anymore. Uh, have we seen people's comfort level snap all the way back? Is it a work in progress or is this a realm that the last couple of years have forever changed? Many, many factors are prompting the shift back to public as well as shared transportation. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Comfort with shared spaces is important. Also, consumers are demanding that any brand who is providing an experience to them in a shared fashion uh, be safe, be sanitized. So these are, are more permanent expectations on the part of consumers to get them on board, to get them moving again. Uh, and the other issue that's interesting is that with respect to these spiking gas prices, public transportation costs have not gone up as, as quickly as gas costs. So you are seeing a bit of a shift toward public transportation for that reason as well. Uh, so again, many factors are shifting us back to public transportation. And the additional item is, as you mentioned, returning to the office. We've seen a lot of offices opening up this quarter, uh, welcoming workers back. And so it's a very efficient way for consumers, particularly in urban areas, to get on the move. And is there, I mean, the return to work, I think we're getting close to the point where we kind of, if you're not back, you know, let's say by the summer, it's probably a good chance that that's going to be life going forward. Uh, does that have an effect on people's thoughts about public transportation? Maybe somebody that used to be dependent on it now doesn't need it and they're kind of indifferent about what the future holds for it? Yeah, it's interesting. We see a lot of permanence with respect to maybe a hybrid working situation or even fully remote for a lot of people that they're facing. Um, not only are the businesses requiring it, but they are also demanding it. Many consumers are demanding that experience. So, you do start to look at getting away from sort of that regular commute that you would have on shared transportation uh, and, and other ways of getting to the office. Maybe if you work one to two days a week, you don't actually have to live so close to the office. You could live two hours away if you're just making that commute once or twice a week. So it certainly does open up many different mobility options for consumers as they're choosing public versus shared versus private transportation. And you talked about, you know, cleanliness of space and stuff like that. What do what are people looking for out of their public transportation? Because I think this is something we talk about in Philadelphia a lot. Uh, you know, how important is reliability? How important is cleanliness? How important is cost? Are these are, are they all things that a certain amount of the consumer is looking for? Are there things that really rise to the top as far as what people want out of it? Yeah, what stands out to us is definitely cleaning and sanitizing shared areas and making this known and obvious. So we see that 70% of consumers say that 
brands in the travel space definitely should be cleaning and sanitizing private customer areas. So that jumps out as like one of the major factors. Other things are just ways of allowing for physical distancing so that customers can pick where they want to be in a, in a mode of transportation that makes them feel safer. And there are other things such as COVID-19 vaccination protocols, both on the part of requiring customers to have vaccinations, but also employees that are providing the transportation to be vaccinated as well. So many different factors, but cleaning and sanitizing the areas that are shared uh, are definitely on the top. We've touched on a lot of parts of, of the report. Is there any kind of information or any kind of headline takeaway from this that we haven't touched on that you think is important? The industry is definitely marching toward electrification and autonomy from a driving perspective. Again, we don't know the path and we don't know how long the road will be, but it's going to be very interesting to watch consumers that are leading the way, particularly the younger consumers, the technologically savvy, and those who say that they're interested in in electric vehicles. Those who are EV interested are a very rich, ripe audience for vehicle brands to be focusing on, and they will be leading the way with all customers for the future in mobility. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 